0: I'm Victor Milligan. And I'm Jennifer Isabella. Your co-host for Forrester's podcast, What It Means, where where the major changes in the market influencing executive priorities. In this bonus episode, James McQuivey, VP and Principal Analyst at Forrester, examines how the Home Depot became a leader in mobile web retail. He discusses the firm's success with fellow analysts, Brendan Miller and Jennifer Wise, as well as the Home Depot's VP of Online, Pratt Vimana. Take a listen. I'm James McQuivey of Forrester Research let's take a not-so-random walk.
1: We see in our research that mobile web globally is overtaking desktop traffic.
2: Putting on the lens of the customer and saying, okay, I'm in this specific shopping scenario. I am walking through this website to accomplish my goal. Is this something that I'm able to do easily?
1: The big problem is, is that conversion rates on mobile web is less than what it is in apps and desktops.
3: My wife and I, uh, our first home we bought in Boston, Massachusetts. Everything that can go wrong actually went wrong. So we ended up doing you know, a lot of home improvement work. Hello and welcome. This is James McQuivy, Principal
0: Analyst at Forrester. Welcome to what I'm calling a not-so-random walk in which, together with some of my expert colleagues here at Forrester and with the help of an invited guest, we walk through what it takes to be a digital leader today. And what do we mean by a not-so-random walk? Of course, random walk refers to a market theory for stock market prices that says that any variation in prices amounts to essentially a random walk to become an expert at serving customers to win in digital it can't be random it has to be purposeful and that's what we're trying to learn from the particular example of the home depot in this episode so walk with me and let's see what we learn today we're tackling the topic of the mobile web in q4 2017 The Home Depot ranked first in our U.S. mobile web retail wave. Now, this is happening at a time where more and more consumers are spending time on their mobile devices instead of the desktop web. And at the same time, very few of them are taking the time to invest in downloading apps.
1: Most retailers we talk with today say that mobile web traffic is overtaking their uh, desktop traffic.
0: Now that's Brendan Miller that you're hearing. My colleague at Forrester, a principal analyst who was co-author of this wave and who has his eye on all sorts of digital and electronic retail issues, including the mobile web.
1: And and capturing consumers' attention using apps is is very difficult. So only a, a retailer's most loyal consumers or loyal customers will actually download and use the app. So there has to be this other channel to capture what I call
0: the long tail. Now, when I asked Brendan whether or not companies today are actually managing this transition to the mobile web very effectively, well, he wasn't so optimistic.
1: And the big problem is is that conversion rates on mobile web is less than what it is in apps and desktops. So conversion rates on the mobile web is about 1%, 2% for mobile apps and about 3% for desktop. So that's how we went into this research, trying to understand if we could close that gap with mobile web. Are there great mobile web experiences out there that will convert uh, better?
0: And what did you learn?
1: Bottom line from the research is that we found that most mobile web uh, experiences really just failed to inspire consumers.
3: Most retailers, maybe, but not the case of the Home Depot. Two years ago, uh, I got a call from Home Depot to lead the online team. That's Pratt Vemana, Vice President Digital at the Home Depot. My wife and I, uh, our first home we bought in Boston, Massachusetts. Everything that can go wrong actually went wrong. <laughs> so we ended up doing, you know, a lot of home improvement work. I love doing stuff at home, and when I got a call from Home Depot, the you know the iconic American brand is is calling me, not just. To go along the right, but also lead the online digital experience for home improvement. I really took that opportunity, and, and uh, you know here we are in Atlanta. Here we are, yes, and and here we are talking about
0: the success of the Home Depot in this effort that mm-hmm. you were called to work on, and certainly that has to be fulfilling to yeah, yeah. to know that your efforts are already paying off. I, I wonder if we can go back though to when you first came here. Uh, I think a lot of people would be surprised to realize that the Home Depot is such a leader in mobile e
3: commerce. And were you were you confident that this was an organization that was ready to take this leap? To your point, I think the two things that are sort of um, not well known is the success that we have in the digital space in terms of what we are leading and how we are leading. And also, uh, you know, the kind of talent we have that is helping us to, you know, lead this effort as well. Right, So two, both are very exciting and surprising as I, as I went through the journey. Um, being the top brand, we also... Uh, have the benefit of people coming to us first in for, for any home improvement needs. Mm. Um, that to me is the huge opportunity that we saw and how we can actually shape the digital roadmap to be that leader in the home improvement space.
0: So you already have the attention of the customer ready and now your job is to just meet their expectations but as we all know uh, because of digital because of connected commerce we yep. are seeing that uh, people's expectations are rising it is and it is. and so how do you how do you get this organization excited to try and meet those rising expectations
3: our roots are grounded in customer experience uh, we talk about you know the idea of being good to the customer and taking care of the customer right what we see is that transformation of now, you know, our CEO talks about the front door of the store is in your pocket, right? So this is about making sure that front door gives you the the best digital experience to still have access to any questions you have about home improvement, ability to actually look at the products a few different ways and make the research and get it delivered any way you want. So that idea of grounding ourselves into home improvement and making sure that we are taking care of the customer, that combination is what keeps us going actually every day.
0: I'm walking through my local Home Depot here. Now, of course, it's the end of the holiday season. There's inventory all over the place marked down to go quickly i better not look on these prices because i just redid a whole bunch of appliances about a month ago the very outside of the door before you can enter it says right away buy online pick up in store
2: Um, There were a lot of really good things happening, especially from a features and functionality point of view. That's
0: Jennifer Wise, my colleague at Forrester, senior analyst who covers customer experience and usability.
2: For example, as a customer, I may go to the mobile website to look for something that can be shipped to me tomorrow, right? Or that I want to be able to pick up in the store. And those types of options and the ability to sort for products according to those criteria and being able to look up availability in store in some cases, um, those were there a lot of the time. Right? Home Depot was one who has a really good online-offline integration feature.
0: So it sounds like features and functionality are more or less filling in. Companies are getting good at this. The Home Depot is a good example, as you say. Um, but what about usability and experience specifically?
2: When I look at this from the user experience point of view, right, which is what I specifically spend a lot of time assessing, um, putting on the lens of the customer and saying, okay, I'm in this specific shopping scenario. I am walking through this website to accomplish my goal. Is this something that I'm able to do easily? Right? Do I know what the next step is going to be? Can I look for the product in the way that makes sense to me? And when I get product results or product information, um, am I able to use it? So when we looked at these experiences from that user experience point of view, uh, we found that there was a lot of room for improvement.
0: What I'm hearing Jennifer say in this is that more and more companies that we rated are understanding the features and functions that need to be present. But where the companies that succeed really make the difference, as the Home Depot has, is in understanding the experience and perhaps focusing on the journey of their customer enough to deliver that experience in a superior way. I will say, and I'm sure there are lots of listeners out there who've worked for large organizations that are leading in their industry and in their space. And sometimes that can paradoxically make them less able to serve the customer because they're just so focused on themselves and their leadership role and so on. So I just wonder, you know, what makes you feel like you can personally connect to the Home Depot's customer?
3: You know, um, b- with Home Improvement, there's not a single cocktail party you can go without somebody telling you about their home improvement story. <laughs> so every day you're kind of grounded, right? I mean, you know, you know in terms of what the home means for them and you know what it means to have interaction with home home Depot actually, right? Um, our founders wrote this book called uh, Built from Scratch. Bernie uh, Marcus talks in one of the chapters, he talks about customer experience that uh, that he was setting up in the in the stores. When a customer walks into the store and they ask for a product, he specifically says, take the customer to that aisle and really take them to the product and make sure that they got the product. So I just experienced that. In the store, I asked
0: someone a question. He didn't know where to find the thing I was looking for. I certainly didn't know. The app didn't know but we found an employee who was an expert in plumbing who said it's on aisle 35 in a gray box at the end of the aisle. So the employee that I was asking the question to took me and walked me all the way to the product, made sure we found the specific product that I needed on the wall, just a small 8-inch shower arm, and in fact took care of me exactly the
3: way the head of the company has always said should be done. And he specifically says, do not point finger and say, oh, it's in aisle 15, you know, you can go find it there, right? When when it comes to digital, we talk about that and we say, what does it mean for a digital equivalent of really helping you find the product the right way?
2: So the ability for a customer to know where they are in your website as a retailer.
0: Once again, my colleague Jennifer Wise.
2: What category that they are in what specific component of that category, so I'm in the rugs section, now I'm in the outdoor rugs section, and then also what types of filters and sorting criteria has been applied is critical to the experience. And that's something that we really looked at when it came to these mobile e-commerce experiences. And it's especially critical for mobile because the screen is so small, I don't have access to the real estate that I do on web. So, because of this how retailers show this information to the customer so that it is easily accessible to them and able to be manipulated and changed is really something that differentiated the retailers in this wave and this is also a place where home depot really excelled
0: i hope you're enjoying our not so random walk so far there's still more to come i thought this was a good time to remind everyone what we're trying to accomplish so far, you've heard from Brendan Miller and Jennifer Wise, my colleagues here at Forrester who authored the wave that evaluated U.S. mobile web retail offerings. We're hearing some of the criteria that they used. We're hearing specifically why the Home Depot performed so well. And we're getting the behind-the-scenes story from Pratva Mana at the Home Depot, whom I had a chance to sit down with in his offices in Atlanta. And what I'm hearing is that this is not so much about finding a secret sauce as it is about paying attention to the details. In particular, the details that move your customer. From my perspective, this helps explain why we're calling this the not-so-random walk. Of course, random walk refers to a market theory for stock market prices that says that Any variation in prices amounts to essentially a random walk. To become an expert at serving customers, to become expert at customer experience, to win in digital, it can't be random. It has to be purposeful. And that's what we're trying to learn from the particular example of the Home Depot in this episode. We'll be turning our attention to other winners of our wave rankings and other benchmarking tools uh, as we look forward to see how else we can guide you to make sure you take your own not-so-random walk forward into a more successful experience and outcome. Now let's get back to the Home Depot. Looking again up here to the edge of the appliance area, a large banner running the length of an entire aisle, homedepot.com online exclusives, more choices, how-to videos, buy online, pick up in store. Clearly, this is a company that wants to give you the message that digital
3: and physical are one and the same experience. I'll pick on the appliance as an experience, right? So when our online team looks at it and says, okay, I want to actually make sure there is this most seamless appliance buying experience, this is a real story. We actually did a lot of changes in 2017 to our online experience for appliance. The team spends numerous hours in the stores actually listening to the customers on how they're shopping for appliance. We also recruit you know, customers who are actively or passively in the market looking for appliance and spend time in their homes really watching how they're browsing, what they're browsing. It has nothing to do with Home Depot. It may start there, it may not start there. We just want to learn and observe what they're really looking for. Um, A simple example, you know, I want to make sure that this. Do you have the product in, in store. If you go to our product page now, it'll say on display in store. That came from that insight. It doesn't matter where you're going to shop. As long as you're shopping Home Depot, we want to make sure that your needs are taken care of. That is driven from an online team. It has nothing to do, so we do not see this as online, offline, where you shop, where you pick up. It is truly an interconnected experience.
1: Where other retailers fell down, Home Depot shined. And I think they did the little things that mattered. They had the functionality, but they also made it really simple and easy to use. And and they went the extra mile. So for instance, in the checkout experience, it was just two steps and they had uh, only 10 form fields. So they dispensed with any extra unnecessary form fields in that process, just lowering the cognitive burden for the user.
3: With online, one thing interesting about online is that um, we have incredible amount of traffic. You know we have customers looking at us on, on, on you know uh, millions and millions of visits every day. Um, so what's fulfilling about that is that any change you can make, you can see the output of it right away, right? So you make a change, you deploy it, you will see the result right away. So whether they were able to actually engage with the content, ability to drive through the content, ability to actually you know understand the product, product details, all the way to the transaction details, right? So we focus a lot on making sure that any changes that we make, we measure both in terms of you know, the engagement on the site and transactions eventually that may
0: happen. That word measurement that you just used is really crucial. In all of our research, we're seeing that the classic statement of you don't get what you what you don't measure is true. But in this particular case, we have a lot of companies that are using metrics that aren't really about the customer. They're about their internal efficiencies. And those are important things. I don't want to imply that they aren't. But if you don't also measure whether the customer got the value, can
3: can you tell me how important measurement is? give you an example the person who like we have north of two billion searches online on the site the person who's actually managing the search experience really looks for the relevancy did i give the right relevancy that is a good measure for that person than any 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 other measure right uh, we have both the customers you know customers who are consumers who shop our site and on our stores as well as pro customers who are actually shopping our site and in, and in, in the stores so we decided to do a deep dive on, you know, how good are we in taking care of the pro-customer needs and are their needs different from the, mm-hmm. you know, the needs of the consumers in the search, for example. Sure. Right? So search team, you know, um, they get, you know, we call it ride-alongs, you know, we actually go with our contracts and you know, sit down, visit the job site of the pro-customers, mm. um, shoulder to shoulder, watch them, talk to them, understand the needs. A uh, couple of good examples that came out of yeah. such a study, um, when you know, when a pro customer searches for lumber, they just type two by four, hmm. right? So when you think about dimension, we have dimension in every product that you can. <laughs> you could get a thousand things that have a two and an x and a four. Exactly right. So, but by listening to that pro customer. And they're used to that in the store. When you go to the store, you just say, hey, get me ten two by two-by-fours, and you're in, right? So um, how do you teach a system that nuance, that variation, Mm -hmm. right? That would have not come if I didn't give the freedom and the opportunity for the search team to go and and discover that opportunity. It's one of the things that we see companies
0: struggle with, to be honest, is not just thinking about the customer journey because let's face it customer journey is a a buzzword now oh we're good at customer journey and they lead the customer to a transaction but what you just described you're talking about the whole journey down to i have this thing now it's installed and it's here in my home and i feel good about it and it, it sounds to me like you're really as an organization taking this quite seriously that you think of the customer journey in that full uh complexity and i'm just curious you know, do you feel like that takes a lot of effort to get your people seeing that whole journey? What what motivates them to want to do that?
3: So we talk we talk about end to end journey all the time. Right? Even our CEO reemphasizes this, uh, even in his investor presentation in the few weeks uh, um, before he mentions the idea of end to end journey being important. And so it, we, it's a term that we use regularly throughout our vocabulary here in the example of an appliance you know in order to solve a good appliance experience it's important to understand the sales process in the store which is where a lot of dialogue is happening in terms of how they are, how you're thinking about an appliance how you're actually narrowing down your selection how you're actually making the selection what matters to you how do you replicate that digitally without understanding that customer in the store at that moment mm. So what our teams do is that they spend a lot of time in the store, in this particular case for the appliance end-to-end journey. They were sitting there watching and listening and observing the interaction between the associate and the customer, both in cases that materialized in a sale and things that did not materialize in a sale. And also they followed the truck. They actually were in the customer's house as the deliveries were happening, Mm. what happened there we poured through the return state and say, okay, what happened here? Like, what? when did we get returns? When did we not get returns? It's that kind of relentless focus on end-to-end that ultimately gives us the superior customer experience that we really want to drive. And it's a journey. I mean, you'll never get it um, right at the first time. We need to iterate and iterate and iterate. But that ability to, uh, the willingness to be able to do that is what matters to us. So.
0: You bring up a great point about it being a journey in itself, you know, following the customer's journey is itself a journey. It's a journey that is accelerating. I, I wonder how well you're able to do all of this great work following the customer, following the truck to the house. That's great. But you got to do this now at what seems like a faster pace than before. So how important has speed been as a, a, an approach for you?
3: Speed and scale matters in today's world. Uh, to your point, expectations are set elsewhere, not not with us, right? So you're, if you're searching, your expectation is set by search engines. To keep up with that pace, at the same time, being relevant to the things that matter in terms of what our customers are expecting for us, that's the bridge that we're trying to always look at, right? So we try to put dedicated teams that are focused on a full end-to-end problems. In appliance case, There was a researcher, there was a product manager, there was UX, the whole crew worked together. That took an effort where, you know, the store person is part of the process. You know, we are all in it together, but we are really looking at it from an end-to-end journey perspective. So that kind of ability to dedicate, pick a topic, dedicate, and then go all the way in is what makes us the best. But then how do you scale more of it? I think, you know, we we could always use a lot more scale. There's a tension there, isn't there,
0: between doing it that thoroughly and doing it quickly. And I wonder, are there times where you consciously choose speed first?
3: We do. So there are capabilities that that we have to, you know, do within a timeline, for example. Um, There are capabilities that we let the research and insights help us inform the timeline. So it it, it kind of goes both ways. Give you an example in terms of we have car and van delivery um, in few markets. That one we set a date and we work towards a date, right? Mm. So um, the experience itself gets the journey started, but you may not get the experience right. So you, but be comfortable with the idea that we can expose the capability to the customer first. Okay and then try to iterate again and again to get to the right place, right? So it's okay, it's okay, because we have the pipeline, we have the opportunity, we have the nimbleness and agility to actually respond to the changes that we need to do. And more often than less, customers give us rich, rich feedback. And I can sit here and design all day, but what you can gather from the customer is just invaluable. So it's okay to get to the market and learn from the market.
0: You know, this this can lead to a discussion about risk. A risk is a a cultural thing. Companies have to learn to deal with what you're describing. It feels to me is a is a way as an organization to say, okay, these are the conditions under which we can take this risk. And I I think I'm hearing that one of those conditions is as long as we can get feedback from it, we'll know whether or not we did the right
3: Absolutely. thing. Absolutely, I think that's a great way to put it. Right. So measurable ability to actually measure both in a small scale, big scale is very very important. We're gifted with the opportunity of access to such a large customer base. So I have a good pipeline that's coming in, so I can actually do smaller tests leading into a bigger concept, right? I don't need to completely build the whole thing and then deploy it. Mm -hmm. I can take zone by zone, parse it piece by piece and test different components of it and bring it together. And we do that testing both in physical environment as well as in the uh, digital environment. So getting all of this done today, obviously very important. And
0: it, it feels like you have, not only have you earned our uh, our accolades, but you you have a real process for getting this done right. So that's great. But as we said, it's it's still evolving. You have things like voice interface now. And you know, as we we're talking, CES is happening out in yeah. Las Vegas, and voice interfaces are all the conversation. And then, of course, there's always the perpetual question about the role of augmented reality or virtual reality. And I wonder... Where does your attention have to be? Are you looking at, you know, the amazing present
3: that has all this complexity to it? Are you keeping one eye on the future? or what, Where do you put your attention? And I, I think it's always a balance, right? So, the you know, the example of ability to be focused on things that matters today and get it right, at the same time, making sure that we are on Google Express for voice shopping, it's a good balance between those two. Um, I was at CVS. There's lots of... Um, Uh, you know, excitement around voice, audio, video, you know, ability to actually get the AR, VR going. So voice, I truly believe voice is here to stay and here to grow. Voice will be part of everything that we do. In some cases, it may be primary interface, but many cases, it's going to be an augmented interface to what we do. You may just choose to click, you may choose to touch you may choose to just give a voice command right so it's not too far in the future i think we can see some of these changes those areas we have definitely uh, you know a team that's working on it what's interesting about voice is also it's it's not it, there's technology portion of it but there's also um, customer learning that needs mm-hmm. to happen right Mm-hmm. Observing the customers, when are they comfortable saying things? When are in what settings they are comfortable saying things? When they are not setting, when they are not comfortable. We are testing voice navigation inside stores now, right? So wayfinding. Um not only the fixture, the location, the position, mm. what is the prompt to help mm. you to think through and say, like so the, those kinds of learnings are invaluable while I'm trying to understand semantically parsing the query, right? Right. So it's a good balance between truly taking the customer feedback on what resonates for them and combining that with the right technology. I think that's the secret sauce there.
0: I think it's important to note here that what you're describing, again, is not just the deployment of a technology. You're describing a customer journey into which you are dropping this particular voice technology. But if you weren't already committed to understanding that customer's journey, just saying, hey, now we're going to drop in a voice solution wouldn't solve problems. You you have to know those problems because you know that customer.
3: Totally agree. Every meeting that I had, um, either an all-hands or a strategy meeting where Craig kicks off, uh, Craig, our CEO, when he kicks off, he always starts with a story of a customer life that we touched Mm. or changed or improved. So we reinforce this idea of taking care of the customer. Hmm. What an exciting
0: thing, really, to take the products that you're selling and recognize that they are actually ending up in someone's home, that they're shaping the way they live their lives, they're creating an environment that they're happy with, or even in the case of your Home Depot pros, that they can have have pride of of labor and workmanship, that they have contributed to someone else's life, and that... That's kind of nice about the category that you're in, isn't it? Yeah, that's why I love
3: my job. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. You can see yeah. that. And
0: congratulations again, Pratt. Thanks for taking this time to share with us a little bit behind the scenes of, of the work that you've accomplished. And congratulations.
3: Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. And this
0: has been our Not-So-Random Walk with Pratt Vemana of The Home Depot. Thank you. I'd also like to thank my colleagues, Brendan Miller and Jennifer Wise, the authors of the WAVE Report that really provided the impetus for this deep dive behind the scenes at the Home Depot. If you like this random walk, let us know. We're interested in helping you get as connected as possible to the best practices, the methods and the madness of being a leader in today's digital environment. I'm James McQuivy. Author of Digital Disruption and longtime Forrester analyst. Happy to have had this walk with you. I wish you well the rest of today and beyond. Are you still here? Well, if you are. I want to share something with you. You can imagine that in an interview process like this, we had a lot of great material. And much of it we had to leave on the cutting room floor, as they say. But there's this tidbit I really can't leave out. We were discussing wayfinding, which is trying to help people find their way in the store and using technologies to do that, including kiosks inside the store, which may or may not have voice technologies to enable them in the future, all of that. And as we were discussing the process that Pratt's team followed to implement these wayfinding
3: kiosks, well, let me let him tell you what happened. Just a, a funny joke here. So it's not a joke, it's actual real observation. Is that, um, so we, we, in wayfinding, we were looking at, okay, what product, which aisle, which bay. So we, so we bring the device to the store and uh, we are testing early on, we are testing how customers are reacting One of the most common questions that came that was, we did not anticipate at all, was, where is the bathroom? Very human <laughs> need right there you've like, uncovered it so how do you we didn't program for it right so yes we can sit in the research lab and and, and you know do a lot of things but it you got to get to the wild to learn so I love that it's it's so obvious
0: on the one hand yet because that's not what you were sitting down to do you didn't even anticipate that obvious need I, yeah. customers will teach you things won't they
3: totally totally agree.
0: If you like what you heard today, please subscribe to Forrester's What It Means podcast on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or TuneIn. And don't forget to leave us a review. To continue the conversation, follow Forrester on Twitter and LinkedIn. Thanks for listening.